what's good you guys welcome back to the punches point which was truly breezy mario jang and joyce too just happened and my 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 must i say jane comes with an impressive KO over joy joyce in the third round with a hook at that now i know y'all seen our prediction video and i know y'all seen our thoughts and we both said that this fight could have go either way and literally this fight was one of those fights where it could have went either way now y'all saw our prediction we picked joe and the thing about it is is in fights like this anybody can win due to the power advantage these are heavyweights but i mean the fact that it a uh, early ko from jang a third a th- uh, listen, y'all, he KO'd that man in the third round. I don't know about y'all, but that was a very impressive KO, and I guarantee you that puts Jang further up in the rankings than he was before. Now, Mario, may I ask you, what was your thoughts on that KO? It's actually a funny story. So I was kind of getting rushed. My dad like finished making dinner. He was like, Mario, come down here. I'm like, what the fight's going on? And right after he said that, all I hear is boom. And then I, I look at it, dude, I, I'm, we told you this. Like we said this in, in the prediction episode. Now, of course, we got the prediction wrong. We picked Joyce to win. But like, like Breezy said, either one of those things could happen. The one thing we did say, and I said it specifically, and I mean it when I say it, he has the best hook in the heavyweight division, and it's not even close. The best hook. And we talked about how, not only how quick it is, how precise it was. That knockout against Joe Joyce is a true example of how great his hook is. Because he timed that I mean perfectly. And during this fight, I noticed some things. So the first thing I noticed was Joe Joyce wasn't, he wasn't going in here like he did the last time. He didn't have a flat base. And Timothy Bradley, shout out to him. He said it before the fight. He said, you can't win with a 180 base, which in case for y'all who don't know, it's when you just, stand in front of the guy with your whole body just facing towards him. You know, you don't have a 45 degree angle, which would be like your shoulder towards him. It's when your whole body is just right in front of the guy. That's an easy target. And he was right. So when Joe Joyce came into this fight, he had a Philly shell defense. And for the most part, it was working because during those first part of the second round, Zhang wasn't really hitting him. You know, it seemed like Joyce was deflecting those punches. It was, it was looking pretty good. The key to me where I looked at it and I was like, this fight could possibly be over. I believe it was either the first or second round. I can't remember. Zhang is literally just standing in his corner. He's standing there. Like the rounds are over. He's standing in his corner and he's like ready to go. And he, his trainers are talking to him. And all of a sudden I look at, I look at Joe Joyce and he's sitting on the stool. Right there showed me that Zhang could possibly go 12 rounds with this guy and beat him. Because Joyce looked like he was getting tired early. And it was only the first or second round. But a third round, what happened was, the problem I saw with Joe Joyce during that fight a lot was, he would start with the Philly shell. And then when Zhang would land one hit, he would go back to that same original stance that he has. And that stance is not going to work. Now, the one thing we didn't talk about, which I feel like was something that we should have, is the fact that Zhang is a southpaw. Now, southpaws, they're very tricky, complicated fighters. And Joe Joyce has major problems with southpaws. Besides Zhang, he has not fought a southpaw in a very long time. I think it was, I think they said five years. It was five years since he's fought a southpaw. So that alone 
I mean, credit to Joe Joyce for even taking that rematch, taking the fight originally, because that is a risk. It's always a risk when you step in front of a southpaw because they're tricky. So obviously we watched the fight. Uh, that was the most perfectly timed hook I think I've ever seen in a long, long time. And he knew exactly where to hit him too. The problem with Joe Joyce was when he had that Philly shell defense, he dropped his, he dropped his right, he dropped his left hand. His left hand is supposed to be, it's supposed to guard your chin. It wasn't doing that. He took a jab. He was ready to give, because uh, you could see Joe Joyce come around with the, with the right. He comes around, and then all of a sudden, because he dropped that left hand, all you see is, all you see is Jane come in, boom, and that was all. And Timothy Bradley said it. He, he said something else. He said, once you land face first, most likely you do not get back up. Once you get knocked down face first, you do not get back up. So Zhang obviously did his homework. We talked about it. We said he didn't throw the hook as much in the first fight that he should have. Throw that hook and we guarantee it, Joyce will back up. He threw the hook once before that knockout and Joe Joyce backed up. He threw it again and it was game over. It, it, and honestly, dude, maybe it was better off that it was an early round uh, KO because maybe if it went longer, Joyce would have had a lot of damage because... Zhang, I mean, let me tell you something. Zhang proved that that first time it wasn't a fluke. And he proved that he is one of the strongest heavyweights in the division. Am I saying he's a wilder? Absolutely not. Am I saying he has the power of a Tyson Fury? Absolutely not. But what I am saying is, again, for a guy who's 40 years old, he's making a run at it now. And I don't think there's any time to waste for him. He proved that that first time it wasn't a fluke. And when he first fought Joe Joyce, Joe Joyce was one of the most, was one of the up-and-coming heavyweights coming in. Before he fought Joe Joyce the first time, Joe Joyce had five knockouts in a row, I believe. So he took that fight, he took that risk, he beat him, and he proved the second time that it wasn't a fluke. Now for Joe Joyce, again, I hope he does recover from this again. He lost to the same guy twice. That guy has his number. It's time for Joe Joyce to move on. Now, if I'm Joe Joyce, I, look, I'm not a fan of ducking, but I'm ducking I'm ducking all southpaw fighters until you learn how to beat southpaw fighters, okay? You shouldn't make the same mistake again going up against a southpaw fighter and continuing to rack losses. Before you fight another southpaw, you need to learn how to beat a southpaw. So during this time off that you have, trying to figure out what fights next, you should be learning. You should be in that gym learning how to fight southpaws. That's what I would do if I'm Joe Joyce. That's his weakness, clearly. I hope that we do see him back. I think he's gonna. It's gonna be a long road to get back to the top, you know. But I do wish him the best of luck. As for Zhang, he's coming, man. He and he is the WBO interim champion. He retained that belt, which means next up he is the mandatory for Alexander Usyk. So he's got a lot of options. He obviously called out Tyson Fury during the post-fight interview. He called out Tyson Fury. He's got a lot of options to weigh in. A lot of people are saying him versus Deontay Wilder. There's a lot of things that Zhang can do. But if we're t we're just talking about this fight right now, and Zhang proved that he is a top heavyweight. Yeah, and like, when I first seen the fight start off, I was like, okay. I was more so focused on Joe Joy's movement. I was more so focused on the adjustments he was going to make. Now, I'm not going to lie. The Philly show is cool enough. But my thing is this. The Philly show is not something any and everybody can do. Because we got to remember, Floyd Mayweather is the best. TBE, the best ever. The best to ever do it. He, when he used the Philly show, he used it, and he used it in precise. 
everybody can't use that Philly shell like Floyd. So I feel like when any and here's the thing when it comes to defense, if you're going to a fight and you're going to use something new that you haven't used before nine times out of ten, and sometimes even the case, you're not gonna really have the best to look, right? Because the whole thing about it is, and, and I said it in a prediction. I said, look, all he gotta do is use his angles, use head movement. He I seen him use head movement maybe two, three times, three at most, if I'm being generous. Other than that, it seemed like to me he just backed up, kept four. Now I, I will say this his, his lead foot, his lead foot, okay, cool. Other than that, though, he didn't really go anywhere. He didn't he didn't use no angles, he didn't move around, he didn't use no head movement. One thing I will say, you know who I did see using head movement? Jane. I seen Jane using head movement. I see him kind of cutting it off, and then he kind of he started walking him down too. And and then about that little drop pin, I, I was like, mm, nope, nope. See, the first time I seen him get rocked by Jane, I was like, okay. Yeah, I said right then and there, I knew. I was like, it's only a matter of time. Because I this is how I feel, right? If a fighter has the power to constantly touch you and touch aside from the skill, because look, does Joe have skills? Obviously, yes. But he doesn't have, I don't feel like he's got the de- defensive skills to get somebody like Jang off him. I don't feel like he has the foot, the foot movement. I don't feel like he has enough speed. To where to whether he can kind of move around on Jane. And because he doesn't, that's why he keeps getting himself into the same position. Now, I don't think he should have dropped the hand at all. I feel like dropping the hand was honestly the biggest red flag of this whole fight at all. Even though it went three rounds, it was the biggest red flag of it all. You're in a fight with somebody who has power. You're in a fight with somebody who just stopped you the first time. So the last thing you need to do is be giving him any kind of openings, let alone an opening to right here, somewhere where We've known plenty of fighters in the heavyweight division to get dropped, to get knocked out by. Like you said, right now, what he should be doing is he should be taking this time. Get 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 used to get get used to them softballs. If if you're struggling with softballs, you need to get used to those, right? Because if you're gonna keep going, if you're gonna keep fighting as an up-and-coming fighter, you're gonna keep running to these softballs, the same thing is gonna happen. Because why? They're now looking at you, they're now watching your tape, they're realizing. Oh, he drops his hand. Or maybe if I get him to the ropes, he can't really move it. Or he stays in front of me a lot. What did I say to the prediction video? Somebody like a Jerry Big Baby Anderson, he's going to take full-fledged of that. You dropping your hand like that and you standing right there in the position? Yeah, I mean, all that, oh, back in, I'm coming for Cool, you coming for But my thing is, you got to use your angles. See, when you're a bigger guy, I know when you're a bigger guy, you know, Y'all just trying to slug it out and whatnot. But you know what really stands out as a heavyweight boxer's angles going to the body. You know why? Because a lot of heavyweight boxers, they don't really cut off like that. They don't use a lot of head movement. All that weight on it, they're just there to slug it out. Now, it's different if you in them lower classes. Walter weight, uh, super lightweight. It's different when you're in them lower divisions. But when you're in them bigger divisions, you got to exemplify more. You, ha- you have to show more. Because the more you have, the better you are. To uh to extend as a heavyweight because heavyweights like I said they're bigger guys so you don't really see you don't really see no heavyweights now we talking about Mike Tyson that's cool but we talking about today's era you don't really see too many heavyweights moving around like what weights you don't see them moving around cutting angles and going to the body like that that's why we gave Usyk so many props because somebody that of, of Usyk's uh caliber is able to do all that Joe needs to work on that too he needs to work on 
cutting off angles. He need to work on the defense. And I wouldn't. I would say, look, if you're gonna do the Philly shell, only do the Philly shell once you fight. Because I feel like that Philly shell. He's not really comfortable or familiar with it like that. I don't, in my opinion, I don't feel like he's there with it yet. Because the first time I seen uh Jane counterpunch and right hard in the first time, it was over. It, it was right then and now. It was survival. He was trying to throw and he was trying to survive at the same time. Once you get hurt, once your head get wrong and you get hit by the right shot, you in there to survive. You're in there trying to make sure you don't get your head knocked off. And I felt like that's exactly what he was trying to do. But that one, it goes back to what me and Mario said. As heavyweights, any shot could be the last shot. And that division is one of the most unforgiving divisions ever. It's one of the meanest, cruelest divisions of all time. Because you could have everything, even if you went in on the rounds, just one simple mistake, that fighter can catch you, and everything is all gone. For example, uh, Ortiz and Wilder too. How many people had Ortiz on the cards? But what did it take? One mistake. That's all it take. First fight, all it take. Because in the first fight, you watched the fight, he was rocking Wilder, he had Wilder on the ropes, he was hurting Wilder. But what happened? That one punch. And for Joe, as an upcoming heavyweight, the last thing you want to do is mess with a Fury. The last thing you want to do is mess with a Wilder. Them guys who, for example... Fury, head movement, crazy. The way he moves around, it's crazy. Wilder, the power. You, He has a lot he needs to work on. Not saying that he's trash or he's a bum, but you got a lot of things you need to work on if you're going to fight these bigger names and you're going to try to get into the title fights. Because things like that can be avoided. Them things like that can be uh, worked on. But for now, I would say just hold off on that Philly show. Right, and the thing is about the Philly show, people act like, the, the biggest name who's done the Philly shell is Floyd Mayweather. People act like if you do the Philly shell, you're going to be undefeated. That's not true. People forget about the fighters after Mayweather and prior to Mayweather who did who had success with the Philly shell, but eventually he got exposed. I'll give you a perfect example. Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner, that was his stance, the Philly shell. Maidana cracked that thing quick. Maidana cracked that quick. People forget about Roger Mayweather who had a Philly shell defense. Guess who was his kryptonite? Julio Cesar Chavez. Stephen Fulton. Philly shell. Guess who cracked it? In a way, you have to understand that the Philly shell is not the superior stance in boxing. The reason why it was superior to Floyd is because he mastered it. The thing is with the Philly shell, you have to keep that Philly shell even when you get rocked. Even when you get hit, you have to keep it. That's why Floyd was so dominant with it. It's because no matter... Who tried to come at him? No matter how much pressure was coming at him, he always kept that Philly shell. He never broke. It never broke. It never crumbled. That's why it was so dominant for him. That takes years to master. It was in his family. The Philly shell was in his family. It was taught to him from a, as a kid. That's all he had was the Philly shell defense. And then once he obviously hurt his hands, he relied on it a lot more. The thing is with Joyce, and what they have to realize is as of now, they're saying a potential fight with him and Anthony Joshua can still be in the works for the future. You got to stay away from Anthony Joshua as well. I know it's a big payday. It's in probably England or the UK. Stay away from that, okay? Because it's not going it's not going your way. It really isn't. If I'm Joe Joyce, right now, there's nothing to... Right now, you going in right away, there's no advantage of it, in my opinion. What you should do is you should take that nine months to a year off. 
and work on your skills and polish the things that you need to polish. That's what you should do. That's what I would be doing. I'm not going to rush into something right away after I just got knocked out. What's that doing for me? I don't have enough time to work on my skills. I don't have enough time to think about my future. I don't have enough time for any of that. That's what Joe Joyce should be doing. It's taking him nine months to a year to polish those skills that he has, to come back a better fighter. Because a year from now, now you're going to get the whole story. Is Joe Joyce going to come back and be that guy we thought he can? And then you start the journey over again. It might, I'm going to be honest, for Joe Joyce, it'll be him being on undercards. He won't have his own card no more. It'll be him fighting guys who are probably past their prime or guys who don't have a shot at that heavyweight belt yet. Those are the guys he's going to have to start with and work his way up. He may have to fight guys that... Yeah, there you go. Guys like that. He might have to fight these types of guys. So that's what Joe Joyce has to prepare for. He has to prepare for coming back and fighting those guys. And then he has to start from the bottom and work his way back up. As far as Zhang, if I'm Zhang already, you're past your 40s. You could fight Tyson Fury after the Ngannou fight. But your best bet is to go after Usyk now. I don't want to see him fight Jared Anderson. Stop it with these. It doesn't make any sense. Don't fight Wilder. It doesn't make any sense. And I'm not saying it's a big risk fight for him. No, because I do believe Zhang has the power to fend off anybody. I'm not saying he's going to beat everybody in that division, but he has the potential to do that. What I am saying is you're already 40-something years old. I believe he's 42. You're already very, very old. The, the closest guy I could think of to near that age, uh, Big George Foreman, the second time around. He won it at... 45 i believe so that's the other than that i have never seen a heavyweight that old make a comeback or that old make a run at the title if i'm Zhang, go after Usyk right away that should be your next fight and don't accept anything but Usyk because you fight wilder you win there's nothing to fight for do you you let's hypothetically he beats wilder what does he gain out of that nothing Hypothetically, you beat Jared Anderson. Yeah, your profile gets risen up more. Yeah, you you know you have more hype around you. But as far as actual belts and accomplishments, you have nothing. You need to go after Usyk. You are the mandatory for Usyk, and Usyk will fight anybody. We know this. Usyk will fight anybody. You need to fight Usyk. That's a, that should be the next fight. And then, if you are fighting names like Wilder and uh. Anderson, you give Usyk more time to polish up on his skills too, because right. even though he got a stoppage in his last in his last fight, let's be real, he didn't look he didn't look like you know too super out there. Like we're gonna be real, he didn't look like too super out there. But if you're gonna go in there and fight Anderson and Wilder, you already being up there in age, getting in the ring with them dudes who hit hard, that's gonna be a lot of punishment on your body. So right. by the time you go fight somebody like a Usyk, your body done already been through a lot of hell. Because you didn't fought Anderson, or you didn't fought Wilder, and then you didn't fought Anderson. Either way, it's going to be some kind of punishment on your body. And I feel like the older you get and the more punishment you take, the harder it is to, to be your 100% in big fights, especially title fights, especially with somebody like names like a Usyk. And then later on, and then you got to carry that gas tank all 12 rounds. It's it just going to make it harder. So right now, if 
he's in a position to fight Usyk next, bro, take that. Because right. I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to be real with you. I don't see Tyson Fury fighting Usyk. I don't see him fighting AJ. I doggone sure don't see him fighting Wilder again. And I know he ain't finna fight no James. So your best opportunity is to go ahead and fight Usyk. That's your best opportunity. Fury is not, he, he didn't already say, he literally came out and he doesn't care. It, he's in, he's only in there for money at this point. All the undisputed talk, that doesn't matter to him. So while you have the opportunity to still do so, and you can, it would be a great comeback story. Something added to the history books. Like he just said, George, it would be something great to add to your history books, especially if you get a win of Usyk. Go for Usyk. I don't want no heavyweight mentioning Tyson Fury. I don't want no heavyweight worried about Tyson Fury because you know why? He's not worried about y'all. He's not even worried about his legacy. He's just worried about money. So with that being said, I would like to see him go for Usyk. Right. And I believe that should be the next fight happening. 42 years old is not the age to be a workhorse. It's not. If you were young and you were fighting, you know, three, four times in a year, great. But you're you're 42 years old, and it doesn't seem like age is affecting him, but we don't know, okay? Nobody can beat Father Time. Father Time eventually catches up to everybody, and then once it catches up, you have to realize that your time is coming to an end, okay? George Foreman took a lot of risks. When he, that second time around, he fought a bunch of dudes, you know, maybe not on his level, you know, a bunch of tune-up fights. He fought Holyfield. Holyfield was a big risky fight, but Holyfield had a belt that he could fight for. He lost to Holyfield. And then he goes and fights Tommy Morrison, who if people don't know who Tommy Morrison is. Go look up a prime Tommy Morrison. He was, he, all he had was bombs. All he had, those fists were bombs coming at you. So George Foreman took those risks and he lost to Tommy Morrison. He lost to Tommy Morrison and he ended up eventually getting back there and having a fight with Michael Moore. But in Jay Lee's case, Usyk is the next fight. You are the mandatory. Take advantage of that. Be that guy to defeat Usyk and become a champion at age 42 years old. The boxing world will go nuts. The boxing world will go crazy if that happens. But overall, I think that it's time for uh, Jay Lee to have a big opponent. I do think you can go with Usyk. You know, I don't think Tyson Fury accepts that fight. I know he called him out and everything, but I just don't think that's the route to go. You it, you could possibly go that route after the Ngannou fight and Fury wants to defend that belt. You could go that route, but I think your best option right now is to go for Usyk. And then if you want to have a couple title defenses after that, fine. But if I'm Jay Lee, my best advice is go after that belt. If you do win that belt, have a couple title defenses. And after that, just say, hey, look, I'm calling it a career. I'm 44 years old. I want to get out of this game before I have any permanent damage to me. But with that being said, you know, I, I can't wait to see what's next for Jay Lee. I can't wait to see what's next for Joe Joyce. I do hope he recovers from this and bounce back. And again, the heavyweight division, it's active. It's alive, you know, and we just got to wait and see what happens from here on out. But with that being said, I want you all to tune into the puncher's point. Breezy, do you want to give out the outro real quick? I told y'all before, man, tune into the puncher's point. If you got teachers, you got lawyers, you got church members, you got family members, aunties, tell your dog on it, tell your babysitter, turn into the puncher's point, man. We dropping boxing every week, man. Literally every week we've been dropping boxing. Where y'all at? Y'all need to tune in, man. Tune into the puncher's point, man. Y'all already know what it is. It's your boy Mario and Breezy. Until then, stay in tune with the puncher's point.